everyone. Thanks so much for joining me on the Slice of Healthcare podcast. I'm your host, Jared Taylor. Today, I'm joined by Dr. Imad Rizik, the chairman and CEO at Cotivity. How are you today? I'm well, Jared. Thank you for having me. Good afternoon. Excited for us to chat. We were just saying you're the first Egyptian we've had on the uh on the Slice of Healthcare podcast, and you were telling me you, you're usually the first Egyptian on a, on a lot of things. So <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. It's a combination. It's a Mediterranean combination of Egyptian and Lebanese and uh, that whole Mediterranean basin. But been here for a long time now. <laughs> Well, we're, we're excited to have you on the podcast to talk uh, about a few things. We're going to kick things off, if it's okay, if you can tell the audience a little bit about your background, and then we will go into basically uh, what our audience has really become accustomed to, the why, how, what of, uh, of your company, and uh, a couple questions that uh, I have uh, about the space that you're in. That'd be great. Uh, we're probably not going to spend a whole lot of time on the background or more important things to discuss, but... Uh... I've been in the healthcare industry for a very long time, as you can see by my uh, my bio. I've been both on the provider side and on the payer side, so and on the on the pharma side. So I have a good sort of three hundred and sixty view of of healthcare. Understand the payer side of of healthcare and how they need to work with providers. And uh, just been in, in the healthcare space for over twenty five years. Well, uh, thank you for the quick, quick intro. Um, and, and you're right. Like I just always ask that. So the audience gets a sense of who you are, but they'll have links to you and they can, they can also learn some more about you from there. We just skip that part, to be honest with you. Yeah, that's completely yeah, fine. Just, yeah. It's, it's uh, just, it's a, uh, they can have it. I mean, you, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll sneak it in there and, and if we, if we can, it's just, it's, it's, uh, it doesn't add much to it. If it's all right with you, Jared. <laughs> Yeah, no, absolutely. Say, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll skip through it's it. It's just like kind of like you're talking about yourself. <laughs> let's <laughs> let's uh, let's skip over to the the why, how, what of a uh, cotivity, and uh, and then we'll go into some of the questions that we have today. So whenever you're ready, we'd love to kind of hear it from you. The why, how, and what of uh, your company. Sure. Uh, should we start with the why and how and that'd be and great. What? So uh, why healthcare. Uh, as you know, is a very complex industry. And when you think of healthcare, because it's so complex, I always like to think of it in terms of these four to five different verticals. You know, one vertical is payment, the appropriate payment for services rendered you know, by payers to providers or a provider of services. The second one is risk assessment and risk stratification, understanding the level of risk and the risk burden, uh, something that we've become very uh, all accustomed to over the past couple of years with COVID. Uh, third pillar is quality. And what is the quality of care? We also see, we, we hear a lot about that. How do you measure the quality of care and the quality of care that's rendered? Uh, fourth pillar, which is a little bit tied to the fifth, is really reaching out to the consumers, uh, making sure that you're engaging your consumer, engaging the patient or engaging the member, depending on uh, who's actually engaging you. And then third, uh, I mean, fifth is is really the network, the providers and, and the hospital systems and the home health, all of those providers and how those providers are, you know, coordinate care across the continuum of care. So that is the why we exist, you know, in terms of 
uh, where we play, we we probably play in all in all five of those pillars. Uh, frankly, it, one of the largest. We're one of the largest payers, so we we get approximately somewhere between eight hundred to about a trillion dollars worth of claims per year that we process through our engine, and we make sure that that is uh, appropriately paid for by the payers to the providers. On the risk side, we also get a lot of data and we mostly get uh, information from the providers and the charts. And then we assess and stratify the risk. Patients that have various diseases, one disease, two disease, three disease, we stratify it and we help understand the population that's at risk. Quality, we have uh, a number of tools like HEDIS and STARS that you've heard about where we help our clients, whether they're providers or they're payers to be able to measure. There's actually guidance in terms of measuring how someone is, provi uh, is, is providing quality care based on certain quality metrics. Uh, fourth, uh, we also have a tool, uh, used to be called an old ELISA tool, and that is where we actually reach out to our, our uh, consumers and make sure that they understand that they have an appointment and you've, you've received many of those and your audience has received them, or also for closing gaps in care. And in terms of the network or the providers, we just have a large database understanding. So for you, Jared, who your physician is, who your specialists are. So in case we ever need information, we can access it through them and through you. Appreciate that. The why, how, what. It's something I always like to focus on. I did not create that. I got that from Simon Sinek and, and, and his book and what he focuses on when people care about what, it, what a company's doing, right? How, why they're doing it, how they're doing it, and what they exactly do. So appreciate that. We're going to shift focus to another why for you. And my question for you is why is it now more important than ever for payers to focus on uh, payment accuracy? Well, it's, you know, payment accuracy has, it's, it's a great question. And, and, and I'd like to dissect that question into two pieces. Uh, you know, the, the first is pre-COVID and why even pre-COVID it was important for payment. Uh, because we spend about three and a half trillion, you know, circa $3.5 trillion in healthcare. About $800 billion of that, Jared, is some level of inappropriate payments whether it's due to administrative complexity, whether it's overpayment, like what happens in Medicare and in Medicaid, you know, over 50 billion and over 80 billion in each one of those subsequent. And then also in the commercial space. So there's a lot of overpayment. I like to say that it's overpayment or, or over complexity or over administrative processes. There's also a little bit that's basically just either waste or abusive uh, behavior. And so when you have about 800 billion to a trillion dollars, which is a third of your entire spend going into non-value added activity, that really does not focus on patient care. And when we're thinking about high quality patient care, everybody getting you know, access to health, we can't, be, we can't afford to lose a third of everything we're spending on waste and, and fraud and payment. So prior to COVID, uh, prior to COVID, we, that was an issue. After COVID, right now, because of a lot of the new regulations and additions and COVID bypasses, because right now when someone gets COVID, we kind of bypass them in terms of the payment. 
that has opened up the door for a little bit more abuse <laughs> where someone could say you could go in for, I'm not saying that it does occur, but there would be like two examples of that could be where someone doesn't actually have COVID, but is suspected of having COVID, but basically they're giving a diagnosis of COVID and then a million other services or, or, or hundreds of other services are done under that umbrella of COVID. So it does not go through the rigorous review just because of that COVID oversight. A second thing is, as you know, there's been a lot of telehealth and a great deal of just uh, Zoom calls and everything. And then there are levels of care. When you go to a doctor, sometimes they spend five minutes with you, 10 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes. That level of care, level one, level two, level three, level four, level five, is also dependent on the complexity of you as a patient. So a lot of times right now when people are just doing Zoom calls, they could be charging level four, level five, and you know that's wasteful dollars. You know, And it's really a five minute call and they're doing that. So more than ever because of the regulation and because the un, you know, the, the really the just, you know, centurion changes that have occurred, you know, with COVID, it has opened up the door for some bad behavior. Yeah, it's uh, I've always been curious about that question. I want to make sure I asked it and I want to kind of tailor off that a little bit. Um, when we talk payment accuracy, there's really two types, right? There's perspective and retrospective accuracy uh, for, for the audience. You know, some some may know what that means. But for those that don't, can you kind of discuss a, a couple of the differences? And I guess if you can quickly go through the pros and cons of each included in those descriptions, that'd be super helpful. You, uh, you ask very big questions and you want very small answers. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. No, it's, uh, sorry. They're, it, they're, they're very big. So it's sometimes a little bit hard to kind of shrink them down into sound bites, but I bet, but you have to. So obviously that when you, when we say prospective and retrospective, another two words that we can use to qualify those is prepay and postpay. So prepay means that we review the claim and make sure that the claim is accurate prior to the payment to the provider by the payer. Postpay is that you already have paid it, but then receive data after the, the services were rendered and after the payment that makes you like whether it's eligibility or you know specific services that you wanna verify did occur and then you actually go back and recover the extra amount that was paid. Does that make sense? So that's the definitional prepay and postpay. Obviously in prepay, you have to make very quick decisions because there are regulations on how fast the, the payers have to pay to the providers. So we have an actually very sophisticated engine. It's one of the most sophisticated in the country where we could review millions and millions and even billions of it within milliseconds. And it's about, you know, hundreds of millions of, of, of different code lines that we have to review, that we leverage AI, we leverage natural language processing, very sophisticated systems where we get all of this. And we basically, through algorithmic looks and understanding, we could verify whether or not some care did occur and that we're paying appropriately with about 99% accuracy. I mean, this, is, this has been fully proven. What's good about that is that you actually change the payment prior to paying it. So in other words, some a claim comes in, it's for $10,000, it is adjusted to $9,500, the correct payment's done. 
And that occurs in milliseconds, as I said, and hundreds of millions of transactions per day. So that's on the prepayment side. On the postpayment side, you start to look at the data and we start to look at the charts and we, we, we start to understand, well, you, you did these three different services during the same time frame that it took one. And although we paid it because it, you, you kind of said you did, we came back and we found out that you actually can't do that. Could you please send us the chart so we could verify that? And that usually takes from weeks to sometimes months to be able to do that. The problem with that is much more intrusive into the providers. And it's also a lot of labor intensive. And a lot of times you're actually going back to providers and saying, we've overpaid you. We have to either recover or we have to actually offset it in future payments. So the preferential process for everybody involved, think about it if you went to buy something in a store and then you bought it for, you know, let's say $10 or something. And then all of a sudden the store calls you back and say, you paid us 10, we, you really owed us 15 after you've left. The recovery also becomes a little bit less because they're, they're, they're not necessarily apt to do that. So what, what, what our customers really want is to move as much of the post-pay into prepay. Interesting. Yeah, it's, uh, thank, you for, thank you for breaking it down for us too. Really appreciate that. Um, it, it was something I was curious about. It's been something I've been hearing more about. So I had to make sure since we had you on today that that was one of the things that we asked. Um, as as we, we we start to kind of wrap up here, we usually keep these these things uh, 15 minutes or less is usually our focus. Um, my, my last question for you is uh, really what's, what's next for uh, Cotivity? Yeah, uh, well, that one conversation right now that we talked about in terms of moving a lot of the post-pay into prepay, we're in the beginning of that. We're the leader in it because we obviously, as, as a large organization, we have both prepay and post-pay. So step one is to, to move and start to increase. We're now beginning to you know, isolate about 10, 15, 20% of the post-pay amount, moving it into prepay. Where we would like that in terms of what's next for us, it's, it would be good to get to 50%, 60% of everything in post-pay and have enough intelligence to be able to get it in prepay. So that, that would be a huge value for our, our uh, you know, the healthcare industry, frankly, considering our footprint in the healthcare industry. The second thing is really leveraging data that we get through all of these four pillars. So we get data through payment. We also get data, as I said, through risk. We get data through quality. We also get data through reaching out to consumers. Every time we interact with the providers and the consumers, we collect data. That data, if we can be able to be intelligent in creating one single centralized repository of data. So instead of constantly going back and re-looking at the data, and you know, how many times have you been to the doctor and they have to, you have to answer the same questions over again? And if you went someplace else in the world, in the country, they, they don't have your record. What if all of us were able to have that record? Or if you went somewhere, you can access it and they would know, especially for the providers. If the providers are able to begin to have, see a longitudinal care, so they don't see you for the first time without knowing what happened in the past. That is really our next horizon where we could begin to have a unified 360 view across all of healthcare 
around a patient and around a provider. Well, I, I want to thank you once again for, for joining me on the Slice of Healthcare podcast today. Hopefully we can have you or, or someone else on the team on again in the near future, but uh, appreciate your time today and uh, can't wait to continue the conversation. Uh, I really enjoyed our time today, Jared. I hope, uh, uh, I hope it was succinct enough for your, your, your listeners and I appreciate the time and I hope you have a great afternoon.